When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to the Rugby Report Extra Podcast. Uh, Graham, myself, is back. Uh, I've actually broken the duck. I know since we've last, well, since last heard from me, we've actually beaten Doncaster. We've uh, also beaten, on top of that as well, we've beaten Shrewsbury. Um, I was actually at the Shrewsbury game. I haven't seen us win away since we beat Newcastle and you know what my run was like at home. So it seems like my duck is finally broken. Unfortunately, if it's going that way, I'm actually having to miss the game on Saturday against Southend. But... I am going to be chatting about it with Jay from the All at Sea fanzine. How are you doing, Jay? Are you well? Very well, thank you. Yeah, looking forward to Saturday. Yeah, it's been a while since you've been at the stadium, like, hasn't it? I remember the last one. Do you remember the last time you came? <laughs> I remember it very well, actually. It was uh, it was about 2007, I think. It was, um, I think it was the season you went up. Uh, we went down from the championship that year, and I, I remember we uh, we got absolutely hammered four 0 I think our right back had an absolute nightmare got skinned about uh well basically for every single goal down that side and um uh, it was you know i enjoyed the day out but it's a long way to go for a 4-0 defeat yeah and funnily enough i remember that season very well on the opposite side of things because we started that season horrifically but i actually went down to roots hall the, the one and only time i've been and i remember lee bradbury getting like a double and we got beat 3-1 i don't know if you remember that uh yeah i remember that as well, well i mean that's obviously um that's quite welcome isn't it to uh a championship football to uh, to come to a place like so like Roots Hall on the opening day, which always I think was like the third game, I think. But um, it's not exactly uh, a championship stadium, so I can imagine that it must have been an interesting day out for you. But it was a great day for us. I know Adam Barrett uh, got at least one goal. Um, he did. Yeah, it was it was enjoyable, but um, uh, you know you got your own back. So <laughs> yeah, eventually we did all right that season. But I'm pleased to say we didn't start. This season, uh, they're welcome to League One quite in the same manner. But I do remember in Roots Hall, the weird thing was I was on a seven-hour coach journey. I did that on the coach. And I remember getting in the ground about quarter to two. We got there a little bit earlier. Um, and I remember just I was in the second row. And just in front of the first row of seats was just this massive dog shit. And I remember it was like... I don't know why I looked at it and I kind of thought, why is there a huge dog shit in the stadium? And it really, yeah, it didn't strike me like a championship stadium at the time, but um, obviously very different to the stadium alike. But I think one thing we've quite enjoyed about League One actually is these kind of grounds and actually managing to win there. We're on a good run of form. Looking at your run of form, it's a bit topsy-turvy. You've got a, a win, a defeat, a win, a draw, but you're in ninth. How's the season been for Southend? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you. I'm actually going to go back to what you said. I'm glad you mentioned the uh, dog shit on the floor. We've got, we've got, <laughs> we've got a problem at Roots with uh, foxes uh, who come in at night, and um, and you know, there's a horrible there's a horrible smell around the place. Some games because they've, <laughs> they've had they've had a great time in the night, and they've um, they've had a shit all over the floor and things like that. So um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, as as for this season. Um, yeah, it's been a strange one. We've had uh, we we've, we've we're a team that has um, for the last couple of years we've we've had um, we've had some very high profile for this level anyway players come in on quite big money, and um, I think it was uh, the former manager Phil Brown who obviously he's a Sunderland fan actually. Mm-hmm. Um, he he kind of gambled and was given a lot of money um, to sign players like Michael Kitely and Anton Ferdinand, Michael Turner, who you're familiar with. Um, and it's uh, it kind of didn't really work. He got the sack, and now Chris Powell's had to kind of um, scale things back, and he's he's had to try and um, try and really cut the deadwood, try and cut the wage bill, uh, but also bring in some younger players and um, players that he he kind of knows and trusts from his previous clubs. It's worked out quite well, actually. I'm quite happy with the start we've made. We've we're ninth at the moment. We we we've probably we've had a couple of games at home where um, we've lost to late goals. Uh, Peterborough, Charlton, Coventry have all beaten us with last-minute goals at Roots Hall, um, which is quite hard to take. But um, away from home, we've looked quite good. Um, we've got a couple of good signings. Tom Hopper has had a really good start with us. He, you, you may be lucky. He's, I think he may be injured on Saturday because he took a knock last night. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty happy. We're we're not. We're, we're, I think we've really kind of done as we've expected. We've beaten the teams below us. And we've we've kind of struggled a bit against the teams above us, but we are where we are, and I think it's, we're in a good position at the moment to try and push on and, and, and fight for a playoff place. And, and before the season started, what was kind of your hopes for the season? I know League One can be a bit of a a bit like the Championship; anyone can be anyone, and anyone can get promoted. But from the outside looking in, I remember looking at Southend as as one of the teams that I think could not just surprise people, but be there or thereabouts. And looking through your team. There's a, a lot of players that I recognise. Obviously, you mentioned Michael Turner before. I think we'll all remember him. But you've also got players like Mark Oxley. You've got David Stockdale, Harry Bunn. There's a few players in, in Luke Hyam. There's names in there that I, I do recognise, uh, not just because I play football manager, but you've got a decent set of players. And you mentioned uh, Tom Hopper as well. But um, were you expecting to be around ninth? Are you kind of achieving expectations above or below? I'd say above at the moment. I think we're. Um, I, I always think at this level, where you really don't know it's how you're going to get on at the start of the season. It's, it's one of the. It's one of the good things about football at this level. Actually, you, you really, unless unless you are a Sunderland um, or a Blackburn last season, you, you're really not sure. And um, I think um, we we finished. I think about tenth last year. That was above what we expected. Um, we haven't got a budget um, particularly high at this level. Probably about fourteenth, fifteenth in the division. Um, crowds aren't huge. Get about seven and a half, eight thousand at home. So um, we we were kind of expecting to. It's hard because you know the manager. We finished last season really strongly, and there was a lot of there was a lot of um, expectation about that. But we've had some injury issues um, at the start of the season. Um, some of the new signings have come in. Like you mentioned, Luke Hyam. He's already he's only made two appearances. He's been out since August. Oh, okay. Uh, there's um, there's a, there's Harry Lennon who came back from a fractured toe. He's a new signing. He came back from a fractured toe, which he got on the opening day last night and broke his leg. So, oh. so that's another one. Um, 
So we've had some some injury issues, and, and but we, we've signed some good players. I mean, personally, my personal expectation was if we can get top 10, push for the playoffs, have it enjoy the season, try and be in with a shout of doing something for as long as possible, um, then that would be a good season. And, and you know, that's, that's kind of how it's working out. And if we can... It just it's really about kind of keeping those injuries at bay a little bit and going on runs. And um, we've got a good manager at this level. He's he's really popular with the fans. Um, we've got a lot of decent players on the side. And um, you know you never know if um, if things go smoothly and we have a few uh, a few sort of injury free months, then um, then we can certainly push for for the playoffs. Yeah, and Chris Powell's obviously really, really well respected. I think uh, sort of the football world over, isn't he? Because obviously, when he was a, a player, he was he was a solid, dependable left back for Charlton. I ended up being so dependable. Sven Goran Eriksson picked him for a few games for those of us old enough to remember it. But he has got the experience in sort of the lower leagues. I think he was obviously he was dealt a bit of a poor hand when he was at Charlton, and that didn't really help him. But obviously, you mentioned he was he's popular with the fans. Is that based on style of play, personality, or just a combination of a few things? A bit of everything. I think because he, he's a former South End left back, obviously he played a lot of games for us in, our, in some of the the best times of our history in the early nineties when we went, went straight back from straight through from Division Four to to what is now the Championship. Um, he uh, we're we're all very proud of him when he when he got called up for England um, after he left us, and you know he's 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 someone that treats everyone with respect. Um, he he's well regarded. He's he's thought of as a very nice guy, but there is a bit of a steel to him as well. He's not just, um, you know, he's not just Mr. Nice Guy. Um, and the, the thing about him at the moment is is the appointment of, Phil, of, of Chris Powell in January was he's like the polar opposite of Phil Brown, the yeah. absolute polar opposite. So everyone likes him. He doesn't go around slagging the players off or it's not all about him. He's, he's quite humble. Uh, and the previous manager, um, mm-hmm. he didn't do a terrible job with us, and I'll, I'll give him, you know, I'll give him a bit of time because he he did get us promoted. Um, but Phil Brown wasn't at the end. He he was kind of lashing out at everyone. Chris Powers is is he's just a decent fellow, and he does a lot for charity. Um, and he's very well liked, very well respected by everyone in football, I think. And and the players seem to really like him as well, which obviously helps massively. The form's actually been all right recently when I'm looking through stuff. I've noticed, obviously, you batted Walsall, who've had a good season so far, 3-0 yesterday. But I've noticed the defeat you had at home at Coventry was actually you were down to 10 men. Did that kind of put pay to that? Was was it the 10 men what really ended up losing you the game? Or were you kind of 2-0 down already in that game? Or Personally, I thought Coventry were the better side and deserved to win. Um, they, they could have actually been out of sight because there was a go in the first half they had a header from a corner which was a good yard and a half over the line the referee in line no I don't know how the linesman didn't see it it was right in front of me so we got away with that yeah they they looked quite good I thought we weren't we weren't at our best Simon Cox got sent off and he's a key player for us he he was missing last night but we we, we hope to write about him um, but he'll be back Saturday but um, yeah I think Coventry were actually probably the better side last night was a lot different we we were poor in the first half um we had one up front because coxie was suspended so uh, and we don't really have an awful lot of depth in that position um but in the second half we we really came out pushed in the fielder tim Dieng, pushed him forward um to play just behind the guy who came on for hopper uh, sean mikulski and um and it really worked we um we really 
you know, took the game to them in the second half and caused them a lot of problems. Um, funnily enough, we, we got a couple of goals from set pieces and set pieces are really our Achilles heel this season. We've conceded, uh, out of the 18 goals we conceded, 10 of them have come from set pieces. What are you like at attacking them? Because that's our Achilles heel as well, actually. Hopefully, hopefully not very good at attacking. We've had two clean sheets in the past two games, but I think before that, we'd only kept one clean sheet and there was so many goals conceded from set pieces. I think hopefully we've showed it up, but I won't, uh, I won't count my chickens just yet. What are you like attacking them? Any good? Yeah, we, we were all right last night, but I, th- I think I don't know if there's been a, a slight change. We've got Sam Mantum, who took a few last night, and we scored from two of his corners, and Michael Turner had one cleared off the line. Uh, I don't think Walsall were particularly great at defending them, in, in all honesty. But they look, it was a bit weird, really, because they look quite dangerous from their set pieces because we're so bad at defending them. But we looked quite good from our set pieces because they were clearly quite bad at defending theirs as well. So it was kind of a bit like, maybe it would be like that on Saturday. I don't know. It was it was a bit strange. We, we don't normally come out on top with them, but we did last night. So uh, it was a strange one, really. And you do seem to have a knack of, when you just look through, obviously, your uh your top scorers this season you do seem to have two guys you get most of the goals whereas the rest of the goals don't really get spread out too far uh, you've got Hopper and obviously Simon Cox on seven and six each I think where are we likely to see a threat from with Southend if not from them it's another thing about this season which is very which is quite different to last season the, there's Last season under Powell, we, we scored a lot of early goals. And this season, we didn't, we hadn't scored in the first half at home all season until last night. Uh, last season under Powell, we were spreading the goals around with goals from Kite Lee, McLaughlin, uh, Michael Turner chipped in with a few. Um, this year, we, we seem to be just relying on the strikers. So things are, things have really kind of changed from last year in that respect. But Tom Hopper and Simon Cox have got, I think, Hopper's got seven, Cox has got six, I think. And... Um, yeah, they're the goal threats, really. And as I said, Topper is probably not going to play, which is a real blow because he's really been our, our standout signing so far. He's really excelled, um, really exceeded expectations. But Cox is a clever player as well, and he's on form. He's obviously got pedigree. Uh, he's played in the Premier League, played for Ireland. And um, yeah, I mean, he, he can cause you problems if he, he drops deep um, an awful lot. And he kind of links the play between the field and attack, but he will hurt you if he gets the ball in in the penalty area. What is the sort of expected lineup you would have from Southend? Because obviously, if if a Hopper is out on Saturday, you assume that I'll put Cox up front on his own. But are you kind of playing one of those modern four five one four three three kind of molding situation uh, formation? Sorry, or do you have something slightly different? Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's always one, isn't it? Is it one up front or is it three up front? Managers always, <laughs> always I'd say it's three up front, but I'm not so sure. But last night it was definitely one up front and um, it didn't work at all in the first half. Um, Cox, he's not a target man. He's not a big lad. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see what he does. I don't know if he might bring Theo Robinson back into the side. Theo Robinson is one of those players. He kind of gets a bit of a bad rap off the fans. He's not really a... Um, he's not the most gifted player you'll, you'll see. But he does know where the goal is. He is quick and he's quite physical. He causes defend. He's not really doesn't really give defenders much peace, so he can be a bit of a handful um, when he's on form. So he may go with four four two because I can't see him dropping uh, Harry Bunn, who got two goals uh, last night. He has been uh, recently. We've been doing a five three two with three centre halves. But because of the injury situation, we've got obviously Harry Lennon's now injured for the you know, until the new year. John White, 
who is sort of our kind of former captain and uh, quite an experienced defender. He is out at the moment. I'm not sure we've got the personnel to play three centre-halves on Saturday. And I think you'll probably look at what you're going to do and he'll probably either go 4-4-2 or or 4-5-1, depending on, on how that how he thinks that you're going to line up, I suspect. And how is how is Michael Turner doing on that uh, on on that note? Because Mike, oh, Michael Turner was a weird one. He came to us with a really really good reputation, which he never really he never really matched. Like he came with a reputation of a potential England centre half, and it never really matched. He was always a little bit too slow, but he he was prone to having some great games, and he actually played all right originally alongside Titus Bramble of all people. But that only lasted about three months. But I mean, we're talking a few years ago now. Obviously, that may be the reason he's dropped down quite a few divisions. I imagine he hasn't sped up very much, but he plays. He plays every week for you, so he must be doing something right. How how do you how do you view Big Michael Turner? He had a really good season last last year. Actually, he came. He, he was injured for most of the first uh, few months, and we all thought, "Here we go. We've signed a thirty-four-year-old who, uh, can, you know, hadn't played very much for Norwich uh, previous season. I think he'd played like two games." So we thought we'd signed a, a crock, which is kind of something we, we do quite a lot. Um, but he came in in November and he was superb um, for most of last season. He's not quick. You're right. He hasn't sped up. Nope. <laughs> uh, I confirm. But he, he's perfectly all right if you play him alongside someone who is. And we've at the moment, we've got a guy on loan from um, Bristol City called Taylor Moore, who they paid, I think, £2 million for a couple of years ago. And he's he's really, really started well for us. He looks a real class act. He's quick. And Turner, who came on as a sub last night for Harry Lennon when Harry Lennon got injured, I think he'll really benefit from playing alongside Moore because he can, Moore will kind of do his running for him. Turner's a threat in the air. He wins everything in the air. He doesn't He generally, I think, we looked at some stats, I think, actually, in the fanzine this month about we we, we analysed some statistics which were given to us by Statsbomb on two of our games this season and Michael Turner didn't lose a single header in both of those games. So he wins everything in the air. Uh, it's just a case of whether if you turn him, obviously he's 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 not up to much, but alongside um, alongside him, Taylor Moore has played well and, and those two have got, I think, potentially the makings of a decent partnership. It's just whether you can keep Turner fit because obviously he's not getting any younger. I suppose he'll be up against probably I I want to say Jerome Sinclair on Saturday. Obviously, Josh Josh Madger was injured last night. Jack Ross did say that he expected him to be back, um, but he just said he expected that yesterday as well. So he potentially will be up against Jerome Sinclair. But I suppose Jerome Sinclair is probably the kind of guy you want up against someone like Michael Turner, as opposed to say Charlie White, who's very much of similar ilk. I think, which kind of brings me on to Sunderland. I guess one thing that. I was mentioning to the the Shrewsbury fan I was speaking to last week. That's quite interesting about us as we're still learning to an extent about our own team because we've had such an overhaul role of Chris Maguire. Absolutely love Chris Maguire. Um, And we're really beginning to get a connection with this team, but we're still only 13, 14 games in. Is there anyone that you've been looking at from the outside looking in of the Sunderland team that you think not really looking forward to going up against him on Saturday? God, Chris Maguire's a shit house, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I, I love Chris him. Maguire. I hate Chris Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm just one of those players, isn't he? If, 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 you've, got, yeah. if you've got him, he's amazing, fantastic. Last, Brilliant. He played for Oxford a couple of years ago and he scored a free kick against us. And um, 
they did this really silly celebration where he kind of danced down the touchline, like in a, in a <laughs> kind of stupid way in front of our fans. And then Anthony Wordsworth, who we had at the time, you know, plays for Wimbledon, banged him out the other end and did a, a mimicked his dance sort of um, in a kind of a over the top kind of spitting image kind of way to sort of take the mickey. So he's clearly a player who winds players up. Yeah. I have to admit, I don't like the idea of playing against him because I know what he can do. He didn't, he didn't, um, I mean, I don't think anyone's shone in that Berry side last year. No. he uh, He's clearly a very good player at this level. He, I mean, you don't want to give him a free kick, particularly close to the goal. You um, he's, he's someone, if you give him any time and space, he'll punish you. Um, so, yeah, I don't like him at all, but I can understand why you guys do. Uh, we, we love him. We love yeah. him because it's like we've had years of watching people like Jack Rodwell and people who don't give a shite about playing football, let alone playing for Sunderland football, uh, Association Football Club, should I say. Um, whereas Chris Maguire just seems to bloody love it. It seems like he's come to Sunderland, he's, what, 28? He's kind of, he's probably of the opinion that it's maybe the biggest club he's going to have, especially at this point in his career. Um, and he's just turned it on for us. I think he got two goals last season for Berry, and I think he's got four for us already this season. He scored scored a worldie down at Burton, even though it was the game we got beat. But he, um, I think what's great about him was, and I'm kind of just repeating what people know here anyway, but for the top of the conversation, he, he had two poorish games, coincidentally against Oxford was one of them. Um, and he got dropped for the Burton game. And he came on at half time, banged in a 25 yard and he's never looked back. He's just, he's a guy that's really hungry to impress and have fun. And But like you say, I think, I can understand disliking him because he is a wind-up merchant, but at the same time, the good thing for us is he tends to back up his, uh, his tongue-in-cheek antics, shall we say. So I'm pleased you said Chris Maguire because I love Chris Maguire. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I actually think you've signed up. You've been really clever with your signings this year. Um, I've, I've followed it a bit in the summer, obviously, and um, you've signed players who are who, are, who are, kind of are hungry at this level and they are not, they're not kind of... Um, you know, I know you've got rid of a lot of Deadwood, not all of them, but I know you've got rid of most of them now. And um, players who are just picking up the money, uh, and you just can't have that a club in, in League One. You just it just doesn't work. So you need to have players who you kind of know the division a bit. Charlie White, another good signing, I think. Um, always impressed me when he played against me. Uh, played against Southend, sorry. Yeah, Maguire, um, good signing. Signed a couple of. Is it Jack Baldwin? I think as, as well, centre half. Yeah, Jack Baldwin's um, Jack Baldwin's a funny one because I think in in the main he's been absolutely excellent, but when he when he fucks something up, he really knows how to fuck it up. But he's he won against us last year actually for Peterborough. He got basically handed Mark Antoine Fortuné the ball about six <laughs> down. So there you go, mate. Off you go. Uh, that's a throwback, Mark Antoine Fortuné. I live in Glasgow, funnily enough. So he, I remember when he used to play for Celtic. That's a that is a name I haven't heard for a long time. I didn't even know he still exists. To be fair, I didn't know Michael Turner existed until a few weeks ago. But you mentioned about Anton Ferdinand. Is he is he gone now? Yes, thankfully he has gone. Yeah, um, <laughs> Anton Ferdinand had a really good first season, and then we gave him a two year contract, and he just seemed to. He was, and then he was really poor at the start of last season. I don't know quite what happened to him. I know he had a few personal problems. I know he had a personal tragedy as well, which obviously doesn't help. Um, so you got to be kind of a bit, a bit sensitive to that. But he was kind of made a scapegoat a little bit by the fans, and then he, he, he didn't help himself because he was always on Twitter, um, kind of going on about his love for West Ham, who are not the most popular uh, club with anyone. <laughs> With anyone, but it's particularly not with us. Um, so it's, it's kind of um, it, that, that's not what you want your captain to be doing when he's um, when he's on the social media. So he really built up kind of a 
Uh, he really didn't help himself. So by the end, it was just Chris Powell came in and he played all right actually once Powell came in, but he was always looking, I think, to to get rid because it just wasn't. It, it was untenable really from that point onwards. So no, he's gone to St Mirren. I, I understand. He's at St Mirren. Oh, he's, I didn't know he was just up the road. Um, that's the, we played St Mirren in pre-season. That was the only home game I get all season. To be honest, with you. I didn't know he was at St Mirren wearing black and white. Um, who are not doing very well, um, actually. Funnily enough, since they've lost their Jack Ross. What, what you mentioned about Chris Powell being a really good manager at this level, um, and I would agree most definitely. I think he's he's definitely earned his stripes um, and has a level of respect uh, due to his time with Charlton, and he was with Huddersfield, I believe, as well. When it comes to our appointment, I suppose it was polar opposite to what we did last year. We went with sort of Simon Grayson last year and kind of went with the tried and tested the, the steady and sure, and that didn't really work, whereas Jack Ross, although he did very, very well with St Mirren, which is very much untested waters doing well in the Scottish Championships probably even still a little bit different in League One but he's he's really impressed us so far but from an outside looking in did you expect us to go for an appointment like Jack Ross or did you expect us to go like safe and steady? Uh, difficult to say because what, what I do think is you, you flushed the whole club really didn't you from start from top to bottom yeah summer. so you've got uh, Stuart Donald in now Um and that is, I think, really important for you because you you had a really couple of couple of bad, really bad seasons. Well, more than a couple. It was kind of a downward spiral, wasn't it, yeah. for a long time? Yeah. And it just needed a new broom. And I think with the new owner coming in as well, that I understand. I don't know the ins and outs, obviously, but I understand the debt has been um, sort of dealt with. And Jack Ross, um, Hard to say whether I expected that kind of appointment, but I suppose uh, with with what's happened at the club and the, the way that the, the new broom has kind of swept clean, I'm not surprised. It's not surprising that he's gone for someone perhaps without any baggage um, down here and he's gone for someone north of the border who's done a good job up there. Because obviously you don't... What, the last thing you need is to is to go for, for someone... An old, an old name who's just kind of in for a, for a paycheck and... Um, and obviously, Jack Ross is, is from stepping up to where he's come from. It's a huge step up in, in terms of the size of the club. But, you know, he's obviously going to be not resting on his laurels and he's a young manager and he's he's going to be keen to do well. And he's obviously someone that he's had an eye on. So, yeah, it's a, it's an impressive appointment in that respect. He's, he's been not been afraid to go for, for someone who you wouldn't necessarily think you'd go for. Yeah, I think, and again, I think as a whole, the fan base has been really impressed. And it's, it's more like, I, I think, I, I don't think we've really hit top form yet. And yet we've only lost one. We're learning how to win games on the road, tough games. Last night was a, a difficult game. On Saturday, with all due respect, I think we're expecting to go in and, and sort of win the game. But I think we felt like that a lot of the times at the beginning of the season. For example, I think we'd be Gillingham, we'd be uh, a few teams away from home, Wimbledon, and then we went and played Oxford at home. And I think we just expected not to turn up, but I think we, we know every game is going to be tough, but I think we expected the win. I think potentially we may go in like that on Saturday, but how are you expecting Saturday to go? Um, I think we're going to have to keep you quiet for the first half an hour or so um, because you're on a roll. We want one, is it four in a row? I'm not, I'm not sure, but certainly a few wins uh, in a row. Three away from home. Yep, three, three away, away from home, home, six unbeaten. So uh, we're not on a bad run ourselves, but we do need to stem the tide probably for the first half an hour or so. I'm not expecting an awful lot out Saturday, I, I must say. I mean, I think what 
it's very similar for me that your situation to Blackburn last season because Blackburn found it the first few games they found it tough. Uh, we beat them on the opening day. We were lucky enough to have them on the opening day um, because, well, they were still adjusting very much to this level. And we uh, we, we turned them over at Rootsall and obviously that was great for everyone. But um, they found their feet eventually. It does take a little bit of getting used to. It's just a different, it's a different division in many, you know, in so many ways. Um, and once you've found that little bit of form, uh, it's, it's actually very hard to stop a team with you know, the players of the calibre that Sunderland have got once they get on that good run. So I'd be very happy with a draw, uh, to be honest. But um, yeah. we'll see how it goes. We've had a decent... We've won three away games in a row, which hasn't happened since August... That's uh, almost like April 2015, I think. So quite a long time. So you, you never know. Um, we might be able to spring an upset, but we'd have to have an awful lot... I think we're going to have to ride our luck a bit. Um, and certainly, certainly hope you have a bit of an off day, I think. It's always nice speaking to fans from a League One team because they, they still think we're quite good and I know what Sunderland can do. We can turn up shite Sunderland whenever we want. But I am quite quietly confident. Listeners to the podcast will know you won't. Um, I went almost 600 and odd days not seeing Sunderland win in the flesh and it was like every time we won at home, which wasn't often, I tend to miss it. Even though I've got a season ticket, I just missed it. Seeing us win away from home was just ridiculous. But this season, I've managed to see us win at home and I've managed to see us win away. So the duck's hopefully a bit broken, but I'm a bit worried now because I'm not actually going to the game on Saturday. I have um, prior commitments, i.e. work, unfortunately, um, which I'm not allowed to get out of. So I will be slightly watching or trying to nab a dodgy stream somewhere, I think. But um, I am am confident. But at the same time, uh, you know, the the Fleetwood games and the Oxford games, I think that we had where we drew 1-1 and I think Fleetwood were probably far the better side in the first 30 40 minutes against us yeah we played well second half I think we've learned not to underestimate teams and I think a team coming in on a 3-0 win against Walsall at home and at the same time ninth off top you'll be you'll be wanting to you know come here and it's it, um, I don't want to say it's your cup final there's, there's big teams as big as us that have been in this league quite recently such as Blackburn but it's one of your bigger games of the season where you know if you do win a game you know it's it's going to be noticed it's it's going to be a, a turnover and it's also going to possibly boost your season if you're in ninth and boost you up towards those playoff places but with that being said um I do I do fancy a, a 2-1 win we have had two clean sheets which is nice but I'm still a little bit suspect towards our defense um I'm fancying a 2-1 win but I think it does depend on what kind of mood Chris Maguire turns up in hopefully he's in a wind-up one and um are you, are you, are you going to the match on Saturday at all? Uh, I've got a confession to I'm not actually going to the game on Saturday I'm, I'm really gutted about Next it I'm going, I'm going to Barnsley the following week and um, I have a young child and uh, there's no way I'm getting away with two long haul away games in a row particularly <laughs> as we had the cup draw the other night and uh, if we could have we could have it could have been three uh, fortunately we got a home, home draw but um yeah, I would love to be going. Um, I, I did actually really enjoy my trip to Sunderland last time, even though we lost 4-0. I've never been to a city so geared up to its football team in my entire history of watching South End. I ter- remember turning up about half past 12 in the afternoon and uh, and there was there was there was strippers on comedians on in the pubs around the ground. <laughs> but what is this? This is this, this whole place is just here. To what for its football club and and yeah. if, you, if you walk down South in High Street on a match day you won't even know you're <laughs> lucky if you know there's a game on so I was very jealous uh, in that respect so it's a great place to watch football and um, 
I am disappointed not to be going, but um, we're taking about, I think we'll probably have about 1,200 or so up there. So I'm hoping that we'll give a good account of ourselves. Um, yeah, it's not a um, bad tally. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, you when you mentioned that, uh, yeah, you don't want to say it's our cup final and stuff, but to be honest, it is. It's not. Our, it isn't our cup final, and we have had big clubs down here before. But it is a big game for everyone in this division, Sunderland away. So uh, I dare say we'll take quite a few up, and um, yeah, we we we'll, we're hopeful. You know, if we can get an if we can get an early goal, uh, maybe make a breakthrough from a set piece like we did last night. Uh, then you never know. Who knows? I'll go to all. Two all. Okay, I'll take that. But I'll take the two one for me. But um, <laughs> thanks for coming on, Jay. Good chatting. Actually, I feel like with each podcast that I'm doing, I'm getting a little bit more of it. More games. The more stadiums I'm going to, the more of an insight I'm sort of getting into what this league is, and I'm I'm loving it a little bit too much. It'll be a shame if we do get promoted in a kind of really weird sense because I've loved it that much. But shame you're not coming up on Saturday, but, you know, it makes two of us. But good luck for the rest of the season. Thanks for popping on. And I might probably see you down at Southend because I do have to get rid of that memory of uh, of the, the dog shit and the 3-1 defeat. Um, and also, it's the last game of the season, I think. No, that's going to be um, interesting, isn't it? So, yeah, hopefully we've got something to pick up that's nice and silvery at the end of the season. And that'll do me. Well, yeah, I mean, thanks for inviting me on. I, I wish you the best for the season. And, um, you know, who knows? If we don't go up this year, well, we, hopefully we could both be chatting again in the Championship next year. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows, my man? But nice. thanks again for coming on. Good luck for the rest of the season, apart from Saturday. Have a horrible Saturday. After that, <laughs> enjoy the rest of your, your season until the last day of the season. <laughs> Cheers. You too. Cheers, chap. Cheers. Bye. So, actually quite really like Jay. I thought he was cool. Um, nice guy. Uh, so yeah, South End at home. Yeah, we, we should win that. Um, it's nice, isn't it? To be confident. I'm like, I'm really buzzing for the game. I mean, I'm I'm the kind of person that's been, you know, in previous years, probably sort of been buzzing for the latest blockbuster that came out. I'm a bit of a film buff for those of you who don't know. And I would have been buzzing for Halloween if it was the years were reversed. But to be honest, I was watching Halloween last night, and as much as I enjoyed it, I'm not going to drop any spoilers. It was great. I was keeping an eye on on Sunderland's result, um, even though it was technically my my date night with my wife. But yeah, isn't it great to be like liking players like Chris Maguire and and hearing people saying how much they don't like him because of what he's like, and looking forward to just like the games. Uh, brilliant! Like I, I loved my my time down Shrewsbury. I actually didn't get to Shrewsbury till about sort of five to two um, on Saturday, quick half a pint, and I have that horrendously long walk uh, towards the ground. I, I need to learn to save our players a shite more often because every time I've done that this season, a goal's gone in. As soon as Luke 9 came on, I was like, ah, oh, I think you're shite. And uh, he scored with pretty much his second or first touch. Um, so, yeah, if any Southern players are listening, I think you're all shite. Um, and hopefully that works as it did on Saturday. Yeah, so thanks for sort of checking in again as always listen to the extra podcast i'm sounding cheerier aren't i than i ever have been before if you listen to the ones from last season in comparison to this season it's absolutely superb there's a real difference in my voice i'm just loving league one i think we all are and i know i don't want to be here forever like i know that i want to get promoted i don't want to be in the championship forever because i hate that league um but league one really enjoying it enjoying going to away games speaking to real fans seeing something win having players on the pitch that i'm really really in tune with and really liking so yeah onwards and upwards let's get our fourth win in a row let's go for it let's get in those automatic promotion places and I've said it for a few weeks once we get there let's never get out of it thanks for checking in as always I've been Graham this has been the Rupert Report Extra Podcast
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.